We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everyone. All of the uncontested listeners, we're thankful you guys are tuning in, and we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show from Blue Wire Studios comes the Golden Goal, Stories of Soccer Legends. Narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly, each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. From Holland, Zlatan, Messi, Rapini, and many more, each episode will focus on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great again. So stay tuned after the episode and listen to Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. I am your host for the day, Jacob. I am joined by Taylor. Happy belated fourth, friends. We have Kamiar on the line. I just got done taking a nap. <laughs> did, did you really? Back by popular demand. I did. <laughs> and we have Nick along. We've got NBA teams going to Orlando this week. Real basketball stuff. Yeah, we've got NBA teams traveling. We've got the basketball tournament going on. Uh, MLS fires up their tournament this week. True. Lots of stuff happening, yeah. guys. The EPL has been exciting to watch, but it's really weird to look at the stands and see that there's no fans, but there's still crowd noise pumped in. 
that has been kind of strange. Also, I watched the uh, a little bit of the basketball tournament today. I missed the uh, the tournament yesterday, the first part of it, but it was kind of cool how they like they had some really cool stuff set up in terms of like Puma, some other advertisements, Nike, some of those people, and um, they did a really good job like putting in sound from coaches and some of the players, but kind of balancing that with just kind of the background of the you know sneakers on the hardwood and the announcers I, I thought they did a really good job balancing it so i kind of expect if you guys haven't yet tune into the basketball tournament because i think they yeah. are kind of a good preview for what we can expect when nba games are uh, being broadcasted live man they're going to florida at like the exact wrong time yeah no kidding it's, it is horrifying i would not want to be in florida right now it horrifying. Um, imagine so- scoring a game winner and since there's no fans, it's just like, well, like that's game, I guess. <laughs> they're they're gonna pump in 2K crowd noise, aren't they? I, yeah, but like never heard anything this, official on that. Is that's... there gonna be like a button they push that says game winner, or like celebrate like crazy? <laughs> I'm interested if they're gonna play because you know whenever you go to an NBA game, there's constant music playing. Like whenever the team is on defense, they have the defense chant music playing. Whenever yep. they're on offense, they have different like bumper music playing. I wonder if they're still gonna do that. I mean, because it would be weird if like well, one in, team's on defense yeah. and you hear defense, defense. It's just gonna be awkward. In the, it, in the EPL, they've been playing the they've been playing the chants for their selective teams that are the home team. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, so isn't it that. also in the EPL where you can pay to put like a cardboard face in the crowd? Yeah, and yeah, I think somebody put Osama bin Laden in the crowd. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you that never happened. know, man. <laughs> Wasn't it? A, is it MLB that announced that they can uh, fans can pay like a ridiculous amount of money to like a it's almost like a plastic cutout of themselves where it would like last long like term. Like a blow up doll? No, 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 no. But like <laughs> a like a like Christ. actual like like a like, like a, a plastic like three like D plastic. Look, I don't know. I read really that. Weird. I don't know if it was MLB. I could be wrong on that. But might, some league was know. thinking about doing that. Maybe the, NFL. I don't know. The Korean um, baseball league just put plush toys. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't uh, know it a apparently Pikachu. that's pretty awesome yeah just have all the pokemon watching you play baseball yeah. in korea <laughs> that's uh that's interesting it's interesting well guys let's uh let's dive into some basketball stuff here we have a handful of things to discuss today starting with the thunder have continued media availability uh they did not have or they didn't have any availability today which is sunday um gallo was made available i think on friday morning and they didn't have any availability on the fourth either uh so nick our own nick crane was on the call with danilo gallinari uh so nick i'm going to toss it over to you to kind of give us a little bit of background of what all gallo had to talk about yeah he talked for about 18 minutes so it wasn't a super long session um some of the key points that, that came out of that i'll give you guys a quick synopsis so um, first of all, he talked about <clears throat> the the coronavirus pandemic and what's going on in Italy. He confirmed that um, his family is safe. He actually stayed in Oklahoma City for the entirety of the um, hiatus from the NBA. So he's he's been in Oklahoma City. He said he went on a lot of long walks with his fiance. That was kind of his thing to get out of the house. Um, he said that since they reopened the facility, he's worked out every single day, Monday through Friday, um, taking off Saturdays and Sundays. He gave high praise to Chris Paul for all that he's doing as the president of the Players Association. Um, and then when talking about the bubble itself, um, he mentioned how important the scrimmages are going to be. He said that 
you know, every day for the last three to four months, they've been doing team calls every week. They've been talking every day. They've been able to do, you know, individual workouts and, and different sessions and things like that. But until you get there and you actually do some of these game-like scenarios and get some of that game shape, um, that's going to be extremely valuable. He said that these pre- or these uh, scrimmages before the season starts are going to be you know, even more important than a typical preseason scrimmage. So I, I can imagine that guys are actually going to get run. It's not going to be just a, a, a scrimmage of bench warmers. So he, he just kept getting back to the fact that getting an NBA game shape is a lot harder than you think it is. So these scrimmages are going to be crucial as they get to Orlando and they'll be leaving uh, middle of this week. That, I think that's really important too because um, it this is so interesting because I and we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but by the time these guys play basketball next month, there will be more time that's passed between the hiatus, you know, March, mid-March, to when they pick up in very early August. Um, there will be more time that has passed in between then than a normal NBA offseason. And so, to, you know, you, very limited time, kind of like Gallo's hinting at. Um, it, it's interesting to me to hear him say, like, no, we're going to be treating these scrimmages, you know, he hopes at least, Um like actual games, like trying to gear up more and more, getting um, into the swing of things, so that way they can kind of hit the ground running when it comes to these um, a game. Uh, I guess you could call them reseeding games, and then the the parent playoffs. Compared to like a preseason, for example, where you throw in your starting five together for the first quarter and a little bit of the second quarter, and then you pull them all, and it's you know your bench players playing the rest of the rest of the game um, and preseason game. So um, that's really interesting kind of hear his perspective on how he views these scrimmage games. Like they're actually going to apparently, you know, treat them pretty compare uh, competitively and try and get these guys back into game shape. Because as we all are very well aware, it's one thing to work your butt off in the gym um, during the summer or the off season. It's a whole other thing to be able to get back into actual game shape, whether you're playing basketball or football or baseball, or whatever it is. So, um, that kind of gets me excited, and I hope that we're able to find some streams and be able to watch these these scrimmages live as well to kind of gear ourselves back up, getting ready for the the playing games. Yeah, I haven't heard for sure, but right. I think that Fox Sports is supposed to stream the scrimmages. That'd be awesome. They're supposed to, like, they're supposed to televise cool. it, but I, I haven't heard that for sure, but I've seen that in a few different places, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's, it's more eyeballs on the television. You know, I, I think it would be wild if they didn't, televise the scrimmages to yeah, me. take advantage of that no kidding you know right. like i again I, I just think like why would you not so um another thing uh nick that i don't remember if you brought up or not that gallo basically said he never thought about opting out i think that's pretty significant like it, it shows buy-in for this team which is something we've talked about all year that this is a cohesive unit that kind of plays with each other and plays for each other and does things the right way and the fact that gallo it's probably going into an off season where he's going to get his last big contract as an NBA player. Um, the the temptation to sit out probably had to have been there a little bit, but he said he never even considered it because he wants to get back and play with this team, and he thinks that this team can can do something special. And that's exciting because although this isn't the ideal circumstances to be coming back to basketball in, I think more than really any other stretch run to the playoffs, we have a more even playing field as far as really anything could happen. Even if like nobody gets sick and nobody gets COVID and everybody's still playing, like there's a chance that just weird things happen because of the layoff, 
Uh, some guys might be rusty, not have their rhythm. Uh, some guys may have gotten a lot better over the break and they come back like a more polished player. So the fact that Gallo wants to, you know, doesn't want to sit out and wants to really get out there and play, uh, I just think speaks to the culture and the mindset of this team. And even, I think, more so than that, not only, you know, obviously him being a big free agent coming up, maybe, and given this free agency class and everything going on with COVID and the salary cap, Gallo may be one of the biggest free agents uh, in this entire class coming up, which is really interesting. But not only that, Gallo is from Italy, and he was very outspoken, even before the NBA went on hiatus, you know, around mid-March. Um, a couple days prior to that, he was even being interviewed and talking about the severity of Italy, how he wished that the United States would take this a little more seriously and try to encourage Still people to do that. so. And say, no kidding, right. And he, he's been very vocal throughout this entire process about how important it is, you know, and giving his own uh, kind of testimony from his uh, his experience with his family in Italy and how scary it is there. And obviously we're now, like you said, Jacob, we're now seeing that here in the U.S. All that to say, even with the COVID severity and um, Gallo, you know, knowing this before any of us really even took it as seriously as he was, he's still willing to go out there because of how special um, he thinks that this team is and how they really could do something special. And I think that kind of goes with, not to take us completely off topic, but Chris Paul was on the Knucklehead podcast um, with... I was going to say, I'm trying to find these names here with Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. And he kind of had a similar, um, a similar quote. Um, they asked him about getting back to work. And he said, you know, I really want to get back to playing because my team, man, I'm not just saying that we've got such a good group. And that kind of goes very similar to Gallo's quote that he gave. These guys really believe in each other. Uh, they have a ton of fun playing with one another. And I think that's something that is really important when they get back on the floor together. I think that could kind of give them an edge while some of these other teams like, you know, the Sixers who have not had that chemistry so far this year, but are extremely talented. It's going to take them a little while to get back in the swing of things, find some cohesiveness. Maybe not so much with this Thunder team. We'll see, but these guys trust in each other. They love playing with one another. They know how each other play. Um, so anyways, I think that that Gallo quote's really important because it echoes what Chris Paul just said. And I think that could give the Thunder an edge when we get back into this, or like when we get into this bubble in Orlando. Yeah, and, and I want to go back to the schedule a little bit on the scrimmage schedule. Is I know these are obviously scrimmage have nothing to do with the overall record, but just looking at the three teams Oklahoma City is going to go up against, is there a, is there a game you guys are most excited for and why? Uh, so the the schedule is Boston, Philly, and Portland. I don't know. They're all three pretty fun. Maybe it's just because I've been starved for basketball for so long. But, I mean, Boston is an interesting one. That's the last actual game the Thunder played before hiatus happened. Uh, Philly is an interesting team just because, you know, I, I picked Philly to win the title this year, and they've drastically, you know, underachieved. They have a massive gap between their home record and their road record. And I think playing in Orlando is going to be more like playing road games than home games. And then we know that... You know, Portland is fighting for their playoff lives. They're trying to get into that play-in or just win the eighth seed outright. And so it's going to be interesting to see kind of what they look like, especially with, you know, really nobody to play the three for them. Is, is Melo going to play the three? Um, how does Nurk look? How does Zach Collins look? Uh, you know, how seriously do they take it? I think all three are going to be a blast to watch. And, you know, I, I don't know if you really want to use any of those three as a measuring stick just because that'll be the first time they're going up against another basketball team in four months. 
but it'll still be kind of interesting just to get guys out there and see what they can do. Are we assuming they're going to be wearing practice jerseys and not the full-on home-and-away Nike jerseys? Maybe. Actually, Justin brought this up on Twitter the other day that it's going to be interesting to see what, what jerseys they actually bring. Yeah. yeah. Are, are they bringing just the home and the road? Are they bringing the, the statement jerseys, the icon jerseys, whatever they call them? Are they going to bring the, the black bombing memorial jerseys? I think uh, every team should get a, an additional bubble jersey. That would be kind of cool. That would be awesome. And make it Disney-themed. You get like kind of like uh, ESPN did with their graphics or whatever. You can make, although I sure as heck hope that uh, the Thunder go, don't get stuck with Goofy again. But you can make them Disney-themed. Have fun with it. What's wrong with Goofy? I mean, I like Goofy. It just has nothing to do with OKC. It was like, hey, we don't really know what to do with the Thunder, and we can't really use Thor because, you know, Marvel, we aren't really using Marvel yeah. characters. So uh, here's Goofy. <laughs> That's true. I just want to see how fat Mellow got. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that dude drank a lot of wine during quarantine. Stay mellow. Stay mellow. And my guy JR, drinking all that Henny. Man, oh, man. They're going to win another title. Or at least JR and LeBron are. JR is going to be the smartest man, maybe, in the NBA. I kind of uh, agree with that, that the Lakers will probably win a title. Um, so, but any other thoughts on scrimmages, guys? Uh, for, for the rest of you, do any of those games really stick out to you? The Boston, Philly, or Portland ones? Comrie, you want to go first? I mean, I'm curious. Like Boston is going to be Boston. Like I, 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 there are scrimmages, so I don't care. Boston is going to show up with their full strength of guys. Gordon Hayward said he might leave early because of like is his wife pregnant or something. Yeah, yeah. Fourth kid. Um, I think it's the the fourth girl. Daddy's but always but happy. But it's not projected to, to happen till September. Yeah, so, so fair. Okay. That so. would be like Eastern Conference Finals. Time. I think yes, it'd be yeah. Finals Finals. Maybe. Yeah, they they said like deep in the playoffs is when it would happen. But yeah, so like Boston will be full. Philadelphia, I, I really just don't care. I mean, it is a scrimmage, but Portland has a lot of storylines because of the discontent or malcontent, I guess you might say, of Dame, CJ being the one that talks about a lot of other things like, hey, like if you screw over, like if you don't come to play, you're kind of screwing over the cap for next year. So there's that. You got Nurk probably being able to come back. You have Carmelo Anthony probably just did not work out at all. So I'm just really curious about what they're going to even look like. And then, like, with Nurk playing, you're probably going to piss off Hassan Whiteside. So I just, I just really want to see the Trailblazers melt down. I feel like they will. I think Damian Lillard mentioned in an interview that he wouldn't be surprised if they run lineups that have both Nurk and Whiteside out there. That'd be kind of cool to see. Go super big and run a ton of screens for him and CJ. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'm super excited about just in general, seeing how do teams really treat this? Like, are you going to see more experimental things like that against, you know, all these teams? Um, it's going to be really interesting. And also, something else on this schedule, we play Boston, which just so happens to be the last team that the Thunder played because, obviously, you know, we were the first. Uh, everything kind of shut down right when the Thunder were about to tip off with the Jazz, as our listeners know. But the game we played before that was without Shea, that Boston game, where we came back from down from however much we were down by. Shooter got that steal at the very last last couple seconds, had a putback, and we ended up winning off of that. Just an incredible, uh, an awesome, super fun game. And um, I think the fact that we have Boston, Philly, and Portland, Portland being the last of those, especially, you're going to see these guys maybe treating it a little more kind of like Gallo mentioned, not so much as preseason games, as much as like, okay, let's try and make these a little competitive. Let's try and gear up a little bit. No, we're not going to run our guys into the ground by any means, unless you're Mike D'Antoni. 
but uh, we're actually going to take these a little seriously, make these competitive, and try and gear up and get ready to play some some games because we have a very limited window here. So um, I think there's really good teams for the Thunder to play for these scrimmages. Now, one thing I do think is interesting about the scrimmages, and I kind of want to ask you guys about this, the Thunder are going into these scrimmages with really some big question marks at wing, right? Is Is Ferguson you know, kind of over everything from the first part of the season and kind of back to his old self. Uh, has Nader progressed and gotten better? What does Hami look like? Is Dre even going to try to play? I think these three scrimmage games might have some significance for the Thunder in trying to figure out who's going to get a bulk of those backup wing minutes whenever the Thunder start. Technically, it's three guards and, and Chris, Lou, and Shea. But, and then, obviously, they bring um, Dennis off the bench. But whenever the, the first string goes to the bench, they typically are bringing out a wing at the end of the season. It had been Abdul Nader. I wonder if those three scrimmage games are going to be a chance for the coaching staff to really see Ferg, Nader, Hami, and maybe Dre. And from those three scrimmages, maybe somebody earns a, a big chunk of those backup wing minutes. If, if we don't see Dre... In the three scrimmages, Jacob, are you convinced he's just done done? Oh, yeah, 100%. he's out of the league, definitely. 100%. If, if, if he doesn't play in any of the three scrimmage games, he will not play at all down in Orlando, and then we'll see what free agency in the offseason holds for him if someone will throw him a minimum. Billy, once again, and we talked about this in the last pod, once again has said he says he's doing great, he looks great, we just haven't seen him in five-on-five. Five. What better time than a, than a BS who cares scrimmage? Yep. Well, I think that's the thing, too, is like Billy is very careful with his work, as he always is, and rightfully so. As we know, Presley definitely likes those kind of kinds of uh, people in his organization. But to hear Billy kind of say, well, you know, he's he's working out with, with the, the coaches. Um, he's working out like the other guys. But we'll see. We can get him in some five-on-five five situations. Like, I think Billy even sounds a little pessimistic. And Billy's never really a pessimistic or even – I mean, he tries to keep it very level-headed in general. Um, but you can even sense a little pessimism from Billy. So I am still very – I mean, I know Thunder fans kind of got their hopes up when they saw those tweets and uh, heard the, those sound bites, But I will be very um, surprised at this point if we see Dre play basketball, at least on the NBA level, ever again. And I hate saying that because Dre's an awesome dude. But it just – it is what it is. So if you guys had to make a bet right now on which backup wing gets the most minutes in Orlando, Ferguson, Nader, Diallo, Robertson, who are you putting your money on? For Nader, Nader, Nader. I'm still going Ferg. I mean, I'm not saying I want Ferg. I'm just saying I, I'm still going with Ferg. I know this organization. Um, we, we've heard about, you know, what was tweeting about teams who are going to be, like, using this for developmental reasons, which makes sense when you're the Spurs or the Suns. I could also see the Thunder kind of trying to play a little bit of both ways you know like we're going to compete as far as we can we are going to sacrifice competing as going as far as we can for the development of youth but when it comes to like a spot like that when we can get by because we have chris paul and dennis shooter and shea and gallo let's throw in terrence ferguson in those backup roles uh, rather than maybe playing maybe nader is the best fit there we're still going to play ferguson just to see what he can do do you know by chance and i'm, I'm sure you've got an idea do you know what percentage Terrence Ferguson is shooting from three this year versus Abdel Nader? Oh, yeah. Terrence is like 20, high 20%, right? It's yep. really bad. 29.7. And, and I think Nader's like 33. He's 37.1. Ooh. 
<laughs> That's why I think That's I, higher I, than I thought. Uh, whenever whenever all you're going to be asking, <clears throat> excuse me, Ferg to do is shoot the heck out of the ball from from deep. Nader this season has been better at doing that than him. And I mean, I know I know Ferguson's probably a better defender, but I mean, Nader's been putting effort on that end on it much better this I, I'm with you. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying like I just can totally see this organization going that way. I think it depends on matchups and then Again, I think it all revert back to team philosophy. Billy Donovan, to his credit and sometimes to his demise of his rotations, always goes defense first. And I, I see Ferg sliding in there before Nader, but that's not to say that they both won't get a significant amount of playing time because I think Nader will get spot minutes. And I think Ferg, like for example, the first round matchup is Utah Jazz. I expect Nader to get minutes along with Ferg, but if I if the first round matchup is against the Houston Rockets, I would I would expect Ferg to get a load of minutes over Nader just because of the way the Rockets play. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. It sounds like the common thread here is no Dre, no Homie. Yep. Does mm-hmm. everybody feel pretty confident in that? Dre is no longer going to be playing basketball. I'm excited his money's coughing coming off the books. <laughs> It's ten million dollars of just yeah. wasted money. It's a lot. The Thunder actually have a lot of money coming off the books this summer. Yeah, with I, Dre. I mentioned that to you guys in like guaranteed contracts. Only have ninety eight million dollars basically, and and literally the, half of that's Chris Paul. You have so it, it's crazy. Chris Paul. It's all tied up into Chris Paul and Stephen Adams. Yep. And then there's rumor, or not really rumor, but speculation that the cap is going to be crushed instead of going up by like fifteen million. <laughs> Yep, so it's uh the summer's gonna be fascinating for sure. Uh all right guys, any other thoughts on scrimmages, um, gallo availability, anything like that? Nick, you had an interesting uh we have a little bit of time here, so Nick, you had an interesting poll that you put out on our uh, uncontested Twitter that I found really interesting. If you want to ask us that question, I'm curious to kind of get the other guy's opinion. Yeah, sure. Um, so my question was, I was thinking about Gallinari sign and trade candidates this morning and came across a name that's not the most popular, probably is over-criticized. I think he's a solid player and he's young. So I was going to ask you guys the question as well. If Oklahoma City were to sign and trade Gallo for Andrew Wiggins, considering he's a 25-year-old you know, 20 points per game plus guy a night, and he's at Oklahoma City's weakest position, what would your feelings towards that kind of transaction be? It doesn't get me excited. It's just like if if I got a Woj bomb in, what is it going to be, October, that that happened, I think my response would be, meh, whatever. So what kind of guy in a Gallo side-and-trade would get you excited? Uh, a guy that's not in the league yet. That's a pick. Okay. Interesting. So see, that's so kind of where, so- I, that's where I'm at. And I, I was, I wasn't talking because I was pulling this up. Um, and I haven't pulled it up quite yet, but I would like a pick thrown in there. It's not going to be a super high pick probably. I mean, obviously the Warriors like aren't going to do something crazy and like trade away their really nice pick, um, for Gallo, um, this season or this upcoming draft, but, um, a future draft pick from the Warriors especially giving some of their injuries to concerns and maybe guys like Steph or Clay, you know, who knows, maybe when he go or Draymond, when to go a different way. Um, I think a pick 
you know, a couple years out from them with Wiggins, now you're talking because that pick has some potential there. Kind of like the Rockets. Like, yeah, the Rockets don't seem all that bad right now or don't seem like they will be next season. But who knows, three seasons from now, four seasons from now, there's a really good chance that, that could be a really good pick. There's even uh, Thunder fans who are getting a little nervous that the Thunder might lose that pick because it's like top three protected or top four protected. So all that to say, like, I think if the Warriors threw in a favorable pick, I'd be uh, much more open to taking that gamble on Wiggins and seeing what he could do to fill that void, like you mentioned, Nick, that the Thunder so desperately need, especially as they start building towards the future. So, Jacob, uh, follow-up for you here. What about Wiggins doesn't get you excited? Is it his age? Is it his play style? Like, what what is it about him? His history in the league. Just, I mean, if you're looking for a guy that can be, you know, just like an an average wing, like to me, is there a massive difference between like Andrew Wiggins and and this is kind of funny because they both came from from Golden State, but Andrew Wiggins and Harrison Barnes. To me, they're like yeah. almost the same player, you know. Ooh. And so I think that the name really Andrew Wiggins gets a lot more hype because he was a number one overall pick. But I really don't see a big difference between those two guys. And the other part is Wiggins is under contract for uh, after this season three more years at twenty nine, thirty one, and thirty three yeah. million, especially with the cap. Uh, obviously going to dip a little bit. Um, we'll see how they do that as far as do they smooth it, uh, how much money is actually like left behind and all that. Like The Thunder are probably taking on the more financial issue in a sign-and-trade between Gallo and Wiggins. So it's like the Thunder are getting the negative asset in, in the long-term money because Gallo is not going to get $30 million a year uh, this offseason. I just right. I have no idea how that could ever happen. Um, but I don't just, I'm not high on Wiggins. Like he's a fine player. Um, but I don't think he's going to end up being anything special. I think if he was going to end up being anything special, we would have seen the trend to that direction before now. And he's been, I mean, pretty consistent throughout his entire career of just being like the, the guy that he is. Yeah. He gives you points. He's not a great defender. Uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of drive. Yeah. He's, he's not a, uh, like a super efficient scorer, um, or anything like that. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's a hot take, but I think Wiggins and Harrison Barnes are pretty pretty comparable. I think my thing is like I, I'd be excited about having him for like a like a season or two, having him around, seeing what the Thunder developmental staff could do with him. But like you said, Jacob, having him along, having him around so long term, and then you're getting rid of some of these vets, like the Gallows, obviously the um, Chris Pauls, the Stephen, maybe even the Stephen Adams. And then he's like one of your longest tenured players on the team here three or four seasons from now. I don't know if that's super beneficial to have around some of these younger guys. Like now, you're hoping the Thunder are going to draft like a, a Denny, for example, you know, like a, yeah. probably not this year, but a player like that at the small forward power forward position. Um, you don't want guys like, like Andrew around them long-term maybe. And let's be clear. Like if they did trade for Andrew Wiggins, I would probably be on board once it went through just because that's the kind of person I am. I'm like, <laughs> yes, we got Wiggins. This is going to be so good. The Thunder culture is going to make him into an all-star. <laughs> um, and that would last for a couple months before uh, the newness of it wore off. But I'm just if I had to make a list of players that excite me, Andrew Wiggins does not make the list. I don't know. Maybe part of his part of his trajectory and part of his perception around the league is based upon being in basketball purgatory where the leader of your team is cat 
That there. is also a good point. He played you know? he played really well in in Golden State in the limited time there, and I, in, in my opinion, I'd rather have him in a sign and trade than let Gallo walk for nothing. I mean, I, I know we're being highly critical because we're thinking like best case scenario, but even that first round pick you're talking about, I know the timeline's different. If you got a guy in the first round that averaged 20 a game by the time he was 25, you'd be ecstatic. That's fair. I wonder I, if I do, they try I, to I would rather get Miami. Wiggins than... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Come here. I said I wonder if Oklahoma City and Miami try to reconnect on their Gallo talks because the only snag in that too. deal was Gallo actually wanting the, the third-year option, I believe, instead of the two guaranteed. Um, so, I mean, that was a done deal bit. Uh, Based upon Presti and uh, old old, uh, old Pat, Pat Riley. Riley down there in Miami, and uh, so that was a done deal between Presti and Riley. It was it was all it all hung up on Gallinari. So I wouldn't be surprised if they revisited that when yeah. Uh, now it came time. I don't have Miami's roster sheet pulled up in front of me. I wonder if they have the contracts to match now uh, since they made the Andre Iguodala move. I don't know. You know, if whenever the Thunder move fell through, that they pivoted over to the Iggy deal. Well, Iggy I'm was sure. before. Yeah, that's true. Iggy was going through, and Gallo was going to be pit the, the second move on that night. But oh, okay, apparently so, Winslow was in that package though, and obviously Winslow's now with Memphis. Yeah. So, but Kamir, I'm with you. I I wonder if Gallo is even more hardlined on wanting that third year now, though. With the, again, with the cap going down, wanting that security for that third year, that would be. An interesting thing to know. Like I, I have no clue one way or the other on that, but I would assume. Um, like I think it, it, logically, it makes a bit of sense that if the the cap is going down, you're going to make less money uh, per year. You'd probably want to lock up as many years as possible. So I wonder if if that would still be a, a pretty hard snag for them. And you know who the the cornerstone piece on Miami side for that deal was, don't you? Kendrick Nunn, and who is who is Kendrick Nunn, who is 25 years old next yeah. month. Twenty-five year old, twenty-five year old, twenty-five year old rookie. Well done. Uh, yeah. Um, the the big thing was Kendrick Nunn, but then uh, reporting was that the Thunder were going to get the protections move, removed from that lottery protected Miami pick, right? And see, I, I think if the Thunder do a signing trade this summer, it's going to be very different than trading him at the trade deadline. Uh, I can see. Well, yeah, Pressy, I mean, you don't have nearly as much exactly. leverage in the sign and trade. Press is going to be taking on long-term salary to match Gallo's salary, and then he's going to be asking for picks. You're not going to be seeing nearly as much as like throwing the Kendrick Nuns and the you know Tyler Heroes or the Justice Winslows or whoever it may have been. Um, it's going to be much more of okay, we'll take on your Mo Harkless contract or you know who, who Miles Leonard contracts, but we want your your picks instead of young players it's kind of my guess it's gonna be hard to match salaries yeah uh jimmy butler next year makes 35 million they're not trading him andre iguodala makes 15 million next year maybe they did do want to move him i don't know um the rest of the people on their on their salary sheet for next year uh are all rookies with the exception of kelly olenic has a 12 million dollar player option and I would bet every cent that I have, plus every cent that all of you guys have, that Olenek is picking up that player option. So that's my mm-hmm. thing. Is like Olenek opts in. How would you feel about OKC trading Gallinari for Olenek and uh, Kendrick Nunn and maybe like a second rounder in a sign and trade? 
I do want a little more on like the, the pick front, but I think you're on the right track there. And also like assuming that they aren't like they're going to try, but say they aren't able to, to trade Chris Paul immediately, Chris and like a, a Linux, and then you have obviously all these other guys around them still, even without shooter, like you're still gonna be a fairly competitive team. Because then a Linux you have an Not expiring and then you have an asset True. Kendrick Nunn uh, later on down the road uh, because he's so affordable. I mean, you can re-sign him. He's not going to be earning the minimum for that long. And then, and if you don't, he won't like get it, his full NBA contract till he's thirty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, Nunn wasn't signed as a first-round pick, yeah. so next year is his last year on contract, and next year is actually not team fully guaranteed. Oh, okay. So, like, and if if you didn't, if it wasn't working out, or you could just use it, and God forbid somebody do this, but you use uh, Nunn as a means to shuttle a Steven Adams out of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different options and stuff there that it's it's fascinating. So, But I, I think at the end of the day, I agree with Taylor. They're not going to get as much for Gallo in a sign-and-trade than they would in uh, back in February during the trade deadline. But I want to be surprised if it's close because with the cap most likely going down this summer, that's going to eliminate a lot of teams from free agency because a lot of teams are going to be at the cap or over already. Yep. And so if you want to sign a guy like Gallo, uh, you're going to have to sign and trade because he's not going to take a minimum. Exactly. Plus, you see how much Gallo – I mean, kind of back to full circle again, like we talked about with Gallo too um, at, the, at the top of the podcast. He, he obviously very much respects this organization. He's having a lot of fun. Loves the guys he's playing with. Worst case scenario, he just signs like a favorable contract that can be traded. Maybe another, you know, a, a trade deadline next season or another full season down the road. Um, he resigns with the Thunder and we just run this back for another half season until Presti decides to trade What's going to happen is Presti's going to trade Chris Paul to the Knicks on draft night and then opening <laughs> night of free agency, he's going to trade Gallo to the Knicks. Perfect. Just get ready for it. I'm just letting you Don't know want... now. That's what's happening. Hey, I mean, if we get a. Uh... Everybody but Barrett, and then get a decent enough draft pick. Get that, 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 that first-round pick this year. Get, get that first-round pick. Get you Denny. I'd bet on it. <laughs> well, speaking of betting, great transition. There is no shortage of action going on. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. And if you're looking for something else other than the sports, BetOnline has you guys covered with hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets from everything from Confederate monuments being taken down to just your your everyday stuff outside of sports that you can bet on. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. And that's one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet online, you're online wagering experts. Gentlemen, we are bringing back a segment that we haven't done in a while, which contains the best sounder on this podcast. Play it. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> <laughs> Now, 
never gets old, man. Classic. Never. You guys see the picture of his hand, like compared to Paul George's? <laughs> that was absurd. Yeah, Call me to put that in our slack. yeah. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was in the slack today. They did him dirty, man. His hands are uh, Kawhi Leonard's hands are twice the size of Paul George, and now it's insane. which is scary because I think Paul George probably has pretty big hands. <laughs> see, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like then, like what if you put Paul, Kawhi Leonard's hands next to the president's hands? <laughs> <laughs> It's like baby hands. Like, if you had hands that big, what would you do with them? <laughs> Probably get them. That we That's could a go a question. very sexual way with this. We're That's not going to do that. Why did you think? I was thinking about like crushing a watermelon. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. You could probably hold a watermelon one-handed. Yeah, yeah like a built-in ice water. Either hand. <laughs> to play tennis you without play a racket. I bet without like, a racket. Pickleball. I bet tags. Playing tag as a kid sucked while you're. Dude, I bet he kicks ass at Fillmore. (laughs) He just reaches his hand out. Tag, you're it. But I bet he sucks at you know the slap game where like one person's hands are face up and the other person's hands are face down. I bet he sucks at that. He can't get his hands back quick enough. He misses it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, that's a good question. Do you think like when he tries to steal the ball, like when he swipes at it, like a whiff of wind like comes off of his hands? He just blows it away just, from the defender. He can, it's whenever like a fan. he fans himself with his hands, yeah. it's like a like an actual fan. I bet he's an incredible swimmer. Oh God, yeah. he he's like swimmer. Michael Phelps ass. Dude, those things are like trash can lids. <laughs> Give him it's some like webs fins. in between those if fingers. They, if they were webbed, dude, he could outrun a jet ski. Like if he had to, if if you're pouring water in his hands. Like, cause like a normal person, if you pour water in your hands and try to drink from it, you get like two sips. That man can drink for like three hours. <laughs> holds like a gallon. Yeah. Dude, you just uh, wrap some <laughs> cotton around the tip of his finger and he can give himself his own coronavirus test. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it all the way down his nose. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's awesome. Large hands. All right. Well, so around the association, let's talk about a few things going on around the league, starting with reports that we are going to get a second bubble for what has been termed the Delete 8 up in Chicago. <laughs> the terrible idea. I agree. It is a really <laughs> poor no, idea. Nobody's going to watch that. Like, I think the main goal is to like keep their bodies moving because right. they've already went through a period in which they've it's an extended offseason and they don't want to have an even more extended offseason because like it would be now to what it would be March till December and some rookies and whatever, they're probably not getting the proper training. So it's just a matter of keeping bodies moving and healthy and fan revenue. I'm sure it'll be televised and stuff. But like how that. many, I mean, how many players are going to sit out of that? Why would no any star kidding. go there? I don't no know. Kidding. Like you look at, you look at, Trey Buddy, Young, that's it. you look at Buddy Heald, Trey Young, and look at a lot of these other guys. Buddy won't be playing because the Kings are in the. I know, but I, I, let me get to the point, Taylor. Jeez, I'm about to, <laughs> about, to, about to yell at you like summer, Mister OU. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, but I'm just saying, like you look at Trey, Buddy, and other dudes. Like they just want to play basketball. Like they they've been in the Skins League, and that's they're not even getting paid for that. It's pro am. So like you look at a lot of other players, especially younger players. Now the older players, like Zach Levine and dudes that have experience, they probably sit out. But like the younger players, you, it's probably really just like fighting for a spot for next year if you're a team option and stuff like that. So it could be that's intriguing. true. Could you imagine Steph, Clay, and Draymond rolling up to that? 
That'd be so stupid. Because they are one of the elite eight teams. They're not going to say. Yeah, exactly. Like the the older guys that have experienced and have actually won, they're not going to play. Blake Griffin, Kevin Love, Derrick Rose. To that point, um, after that was announced or whatever, leaked by Woes, or you want to call it, apparently somebody else came out and said that the Warriors have been very vocal that if that were to occur, the Warriors would uh, not participate and would be conducting their own personal training camp during this time to get their players ready for the actual 2020-2021 season. Yeah, well, um, when you think about it geographically, that makes a little bit of sense. There is no team out there near Golden State that right. is part of the Delete 8. The Delete 8 is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, who's the other Western Conference team that's in the Delete 8? Well, I mean... Um, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, Sorry, right. those yeah. two. And then you and have then, the Atlanta Hawks. And then everyone else is Eastern Conference. Right. Not good so teams. it's like half a country away for Golden State. So it uh, geographically, it makes a little sense for them not to want yeah. to go. I mean, early on, they were talking about maybe taking the teams that don't go to Orlando and doing like mini regional yeah. um, camps. There's nobody around Golden State to do a regional camp with. Or they could practice relegation like they do in the EPL and just yeah. do that as, no the bottom, as the bottom two. No matter what conference you're from, from the bottom two, just uh, kick them out. And then you have 28 teams to root for next year. Well, Kamir, I mentioned Trey Young. Um, I think a lot of this is probably led by Travis Schlinke, uh, wanting to get to some of these young guys like you know his team, who he feels like he would he wants them competing against some of these guys in the Orlando bubble, but they were not invited, obviously. Um, I think it's kind of led by those kind of organizations, maybe them and the Bulls, since it's taking yeah. place in Chicago with those young players who want to get going again. Because after all this came out, I think it's important to note that somebody else reported, and I wish I could quote them, but I cannot remember this, but basically saying that there was a couple of GMs that this this reporter talked to who stated that they were shocked that this got leaked to Woj and Shams and other uh, reporters because their consensus at the end of this call amongst the Delete 8 teams outside of the Knicks, which is uh, important to note, the Knicks were not present because they were apparently, you know, um, interviewing people for their head office positions, but whatever, and their head coaching position, whatever. Knicks going to Knicks. Knicks going to Knicks. Um, all that to say that they were very surprised because they came away from all that thinking that there was no way that this was going to fall or come together because most GMs, or at least most uh, front office um officials and, and, and people in front of office positions are hoping to have like one or two teams meet up during training camps that are close by close in their vicinities and their I guess whatever you want to call them their regions I guess um, where they would meet up scrimmage a couple times each team would have their own training camp they just want to have their hands and be able to to work with these players earlier on you know, instead of going like eight or nine months without these guys getting any reps they don't want to risk going into a bubble like this for no reason other than just getting guys playing again uh, with the exception of the Hawks. So all about to say, I think there's a very few um, organizations who are kind of leading this charge while other organizations, like we mentioned the Warriors, they're very happy just kind of doing their own thing so long as they're able to do so um, while this bubble is going on in Orlando. They want to be able to do the same with their players, but in their own respective markets and not risking the health of many different players and staff and everybody else in the organization. And also, this would take place before the draft, so you couldn't even use it to get draft picks some Ooh, run uh, with other that. teams. So, Good point. Yeah, it's interesting is the word we'll go with. It's just interesting. Um, there's already so many questions about the actual bubble down in Orlando and how, how actually bubbly it's going to be. That's not the right word, but how safe it's going to be. Like, 
I, I don't see how they make a second one work in Chicago. Just, but hey, basketball is basketball. Except, weren't they talking about this happening in September, which would be during like the conference finals? So I don't think anybody else would be uh, watching this because they'd be too busy uh, worrying about the games that actually matter. So, moving on, we have now started to get really the complete list of players that are sitting out from going down to Orlando. So I wanted to ask you guys, which one is the most significant or the most surprising to you? Well, this is a good talk. <laughs> Sorry, my my dog wanted in the room. I, I was up. Nobody wants what, to go first. What did you say? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> which player sitting out of the bubble is the most important most most significant or most surprising? Victor Oladipo, without a question. Damn it. Yeah. Nick, come on, man. <laughs> you slid right into what I was going to say. I think Vic is definitely the most significant one. I just wanted to make sure I said it first so that at that point, Kamiar was agreeing with me. <laughs> well, the most important person sitting out right now is Spencer Dinwiddie because he got the virus. Moments Have you guys been, been following to, like... his uh, Twitter updates with that? Actually, I wanted to bring that up. No. So by Bitcoin, uh, he I think today was day 10 for him. And he tweeted today that before the weekend, the Nets organization brought by two 60 pound dumbbells and a stationary bike, I guess just 60 pound dumbbells, no other weight. Um, So and, and he I guess he said he got on the bike today, but maybe overdid it a little bit and and got a little woozy. Um, but he's feeling better, and his hope is that he gets a negative test tomorrow. Goodness. If he does get a negative test tomorrow, their plan is to get him on the court on Tuesday, and he will be cleared to fly to Orlando with the team whenever they go down. I think they go down on Friday. He, he has to get two negatives, that. right? I believe yep. that's right. But from what he was saying, you get two negatives, you can hop on the plane and go with the rest of the team. But if yeah. you don't go with the team and you have to wait until you're you're no cleared bubble. to go solo down there, yeah. that it's a much more rigorous pro- process as far as like getting down there, quarantining, having to pass three tests, like get three negatives yeah. to get into the bubble if you go solo versus if you go with your entire organization. Or you could just be a, a non-certified NBA player working at Disney World and just go home as you please, as you please. and walk yeah. onto the campus and there then work go. around them. Yeah, I think what surprises me the most, and it's not so much an individual player, as much as it is how uh, some of these players are testing positive so late, I expected the initial um, findings, which was like 5%, which was kind of a national average before. <laughs> like we talked about earlier, everything kind of spiked. Um, but with all that being said, what worries me the most is guys like um, Landry Shamit for the Clippers, who tested positive so late. And then today we found out, this is, we're recording this on a Sunday. You guys will be listening to this tomorrow on Monday, but um, the Milwaukee Bucks had to shut down their facilities until the team leaves because some a group of players tested positive. So if these players are testing positive so late, what if there's some other players who haven't tested positive yet, but they've already have been exposed, and then they continue to test negative until they're back doing full court activities and the bubble? Next thing you know, they're you know contaminating there's other players. Outbreak. There's an yeah. outbreak. That's what well, worries me. 
whenever they get to Orlando, I know they have to quarantine down there. For like two or for, three days, right? Yeah, I think three or four days. So the hope is maybe they contract it the day that they're going down to Orlando and, and their test caught. is negative, but it'll get caught in the next three to four days before so. they actually begin to to start practicing and stuff. Um, I, th- that's the idea there is that you would hope that you catch it in that three to four day window while they all quarantine. Um, so, so that'll be interesting, you know, and you got to keep those guys like locked up basically in their hotel rooms for three to four days. Well, and then you have guys like, you know, whoever tests positive for Milwaukee and obviously Landry Sham is the most, uh, explicit example that we have so far, but you know, Landry's not going to be going to be able to travel with the team this week. He's going to have to come down later in the week. So he's going to get there after he's a Mrs. Scrimmages, you know? Yeah. They said they can drive. They can pay their own way on a charter flight or they can travel commercially but if you travel commercially you have to quarantine for longer goodness and landry Landry. let me tell you something landry shaman isn't driving his ass from la to orlando i mean i not so he's gonna have to cough up maybe he's gonna (laughs) ask somebody like pg or Kawhi who (laughs) makes a max to toss him some cash jet over yeah um (laughs) i've driven from oklahoma city to orlando and i'll never do it again exactly it's not that bad. He also oh, it was awful. He also plays for Steve Ballmer. It was awful. So like Steve may just you know send a little private jet over and pick him up and oh what do you know I'm here in Orlando what a surprise yeah Landry I'm like needs Landry needs Coach Taylor the Kingmaker to make it all better. <laughs> so um, all right so any other surprises I think the biggest surprise for me on players sitting out is Kyrie Kyrie right oh yeah oh yeah no. Um, <laughs> We haven't had any players come out and, I mean, we've had players come out and say they're not coming for personal reasons, right? Like Avery Bradley has a son that oh, has man. Those Los Angeles issues. dudes were ripping him apart and it was awful. Yeah. yeah. Um, we jokes. have um, Trevor Ariza sitting out because he's got visitation with his son for a month to, to really finish a custody battle. Um, those type of things totally understandable it's kind of surprising to me that we haven't had any players come out and just say hey i'm not going to go down and play because i'm worried of contracting the virus i'm sure now, there are several people having that conversation having those conversations with their family they just right. aren't airing their grievances right now but i'm sure yeah. that's been that several people talking about that on those teleconferences i'm sure that they they those concerns have been voiced, and I'm sure that the closer we get to this training camp stuff, the closer that we'll hear more and more people maybe just taking a back seat. Like especially you know, the Suns, the uh, PDX, and um, maybe even somebody like uh, Wes Matthews. Who knows? Right. Yeah. But and I think so, that's that's another interesting aspect to this as well. We're talking about players who aren't coming to the bubble, but what about players who decide to leave? Like, say you have, like, you mentioned the Portland Trailblazers right there, um, calming arm. Say they're, like, fighting to try and move up to the eighth spot. And it seems like a long shot. Um, you know, they're they're getting closer, but it's going to be really tough. They're going to have to win, like, their last three. And they're going to ha- hope for, like, they have to hope for two other teams to lose this amount of games. You know, like, they have this certain scenario where they can make it. But then you have a player like a Wes Matthews, like you mentioned, Kamir, who's like, yeah, this is a long shot. And I don't really like this. This is awful. <laughs> Um, since it's long shot, I'm going home. Then that just runs their chances. Um, and then it could be more extreme than that, even with like a a hardcore like actual contender. It'll be really interesting to see the players who get down there and they're like, yeah, this whole thing isn't worth it. This is BS. I'm out of here. 
Well, Wes Matthews is on a contender, but I just feel like that he could look look at a situation in Milwaukee and be like, you know right. what, they really don't need me, and I have a like serious family matters attending to. Like I have a family, and I don't want to come home, and yada yada. So like people like that could could sit out too. Right. So, like, it's it's most. I don't think you're gonna see very many people in the age group of. 19 to 24 sitting out i think you're gonna see dudes that are like 29 30 or probably in their early 30s to mid 30s basically I think retirement that's age like some older guys I, although i do have to say if braun the... is invisible to everything though so it doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> fair yeah like guys like you mentioned Wes, like being with Giannis, um he has a little bit of a cushion there. Um, guys on LeBron and AD's team, they don't have to worry quite as much maybe. Like but... Avery Bradley dipped out, and I still understand the Lakers are going to win a title. Fair. Yeah, um, but if I think if it's a worry of just like, I am scared of getting coronavirus, so I don't want to go. If I had to pick one place in America to be, it would probably be that NBA bubble where I could get a test literally every day. True. You know, like that... Let's be honest, America's really shit the bed on the coronavirus response. Uh, the safest place might be that bubble. Like, there's there's a pretty good chance. I Yeah, I, I was going to say that earlier. I think the Orlando bubble would probably be the safest place to be out in quote-unquote public in the entire United States. It's just getting in and out of that bubble with how the yeah. state of Florida is <laughs> That be, bubble is, right is a safe horrifying. haven in the middle of the hellscape that is the state <laughs> yeah, of Florida. They're seeing more cases a day than Italy did, and we looked at Italy and said, oh, hope that doesn't happen. Well, yeah, here we are. It's freaking wild, man. Um, all right, so two more things, guys, before we get out of here. First one, I want to talk a little bit about teams that we think are overrated or underrated heading into the bubble. Now that we have this, uh, this signing period that happened and we've had players back out and players... Uh, you know, sign with teams and everything. What are some a handful of teams that you think are overrated heading into the bubble and a handful of teams that you think are underrated and could make some noise when they get down there? I don't like this question. Overrated is gonna overrated is gonna be Well, I mean like are the Pacers even overrated now since Vic is just out? Uh, I don't think I I actually anymore. like the Pacers a lot with Vic on them. Um, I have no hopes that they're going to make it out of the first round now, regardless of who they play. Underrated. Mm. Underrated of the Pelicans. Can I give you guys kind of a hot take underrated team that might not even make the playoffs, but I think is going to make some noise? Okay. The Sacramento Kings. I was going to ask if you were going to really? go with Sacramento. Really? Why? I think the Kings could go down there and make some noise. I, I like their roster a little bit. Uh, they have a lot of young guys who I think, you know, over this four-month break could have progressed and gotten better. Or they were trending like really... Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, buddy, but then guys like De'Aaron Fox. Um, uh, Marvin Bagley didn't really even play for them this season that True. much. I think he Harry could go Giles. down there and Harry Giles could be better. Um, I think Harry Giles said he's put on 20 pounds of muscle. In the past yeah, four months, sure he's a free agent this summer, isn't he? That'd be a he fun. He might be. He's got a lot. I think they opted out of his his final year. I think he's got oh, a lot wow. to prove. I think he's got a lot to prove. If Harry so, and, and they they, they were fun. trending really well at the end yeah. of the season. I know that doesn't mean shit now, but but still, I mean, I yeah. Harry I, Giles I, sounds like a medical condition. Yeah, it does. Harry Giles. All right, I'm, doctor, give I'm, it to me straight. <laughs> Sorry, call me. Are you got Harry Giles? I'm gonna give an underrated one. 
and it's somebody that I've talked a lot of crap about recently, but when I look at their roster, I think they could still do something. The Brooklyn Nets, I think everybody's kind of pretending they don't exist because no Kyrie, no KD, obviously, no DeAndre, maybe no Spencer. No, but if No Wilson Chandler. Yeah, Wilson Chandler. But if Spencer comes along with some of the other guys they have on their roster. That helps. I still don't sure. think they're a slouch compared to teams like Orlando and teams like Washington out of the East. Like They're, they're still a, a decent Eastern Conference squad regardless. And I feel like people people consider them an automatic win on the schedule. I think my underrated team right now is actually somebody else in the Eastern Conference, the Orlando Magic. Like this is a team Ugh. they I know. They're in, they're Boo! ugly on paper, but That's a terrible pick. But look at yeah, the Pacers at fifth place right now without Depot. Yeah, the Sixers who are just a you know, a, a hot mess. <laughs> you have uh, the Nets who literally barely have any like enough healthy players to even play in the bubble. Right there, I mean, if the Magic are healthy and they can put up the numbers they were putting up, at least on the offensive end, they could be a team who's able to sneak up there in like the sixth spot, which seems Taylor, absurd. I, I kind of agree with you as long as Jonathan Isaac plays. You, you do need Isaac, and I love Isaac. I love, I love I, dude, if if the Thunder could find a way to go get Jonathan Isaac, oh, I would man. be ecstatic. Good luck. They're not selling Jonathan Isaac but for like, anything. What if Foltz comes out of his out of his bag and like actually is yeah. able to do something? If you what want Aaron Isaac, Gordon, you give up SGA. That's what they say. Yeah. Oh, you give SGA, and you probably give like a first round pick in their eyes, which you shouldn't do. I'm just saying. Um, I'll, anyways, I'll give you an, I, an overrated one for the East. Yeah. And it might be unpopular. No, I'm. I think I'm with you. Go ahead and say uh, it. Boston. Oh, oh. I hate it. I oh. hate it, Kamir. Per usual. <laughs> I was gonna say Miami. I thought you were going Miami. But I mean, but Miami is Miami. But like Boston. I'm just saying, man. Like they've got Jalen Brown, they've got they've got Jason Tatum, they have Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, whatever, uh, Gordon Hayward, who has never been the same since he left Utah because turns out um, he was still the only option in Utah, that's why I scored so much, uh, plus a terrible injury. But they don't have uh, rim protector. They have Ennis Kander, who can dock all the crap he wants. But I just see images of. Pascal Siakam and several other guys for just dunking on him. See, I, I think the Celtics, when I, when I look at the Eastern Conference, there's only four real teams in my eyes that are actually teams that could, you know, make a long run to maybe the finals. And so it's top four. And then it falls off. The top four is easily Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, and 76ers just because of talent. They're definitely four out of four, but... Once you outside of those four, I don't see another team really actually making noise. Okay, if Vic was in Indiana, would you give them that top or no? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if Vic was still playing, I would I would put Indiana. Uh, I'd make it a top five and put them in there. But as soon as he's out, I yeah. I, I look at the East as four teams. See, here's maybe a hot take: If Vic was playing for Indiana, they would be the like the second team I would like the most against Milwaukee to defend them. I think Philly is the best team to defend Milwaukee, but second. Right behind them, I for me, I think would be the Indiana Pacers. Obviously, with Vic gone, that changes the trajectory completely. But uh, Kamiar, I I like Boston, but my question is like like you mentioned, they don't have rim protection, they don't really have a good big, and I if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston or sorry against Milwaukee, 
I mean, who guards Giannis for them? Yeah, Tatum, their best defenders Brown. probably. I mean, you can't put Marcus Smart on Marcus him. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. I guess who, you could put Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's giving up like six inches. You're Everybody, hoping gives, who guards Giannis on any team? Yeah, you're hoping Tatum can stick with them, and that's Tatum and Brown. Well, I, I mean, I think that Philly has the best chance. Trouble. You can throw Ben on him. You can throw Al Horford has guarded him for years now. Nobody's going to shut down Giannis, but yeah. to have somebody with the size and the quickness to kind of stay with him, I. Ben Simmons might be the best player besides LeBron James in the league to go oh, be honest. Okay, so everybody, every all the quote-unquote right. smart I mean, NBA Twitter analysis. Kawhi and Paul George out there too, though. Well, yes, but in the East. And everybody I hear, you know, all the smart NBA analysis, uh, analysts are saying, you know, Bam Adebayo, the Miami Heat, look out for the Miami Heat. And that is my overrated team. I do not think the, the Heat, Heat are that great. the second half of the season. I don't think they are nearly as good as everybody's building up to them, but... I have to say this with a disclaimer because usually when you see these in like the athletic articles and things of that nature, it's like the you know these these are my sleepers, the Miami Heat in the East, and the Oklahoma City Thunder in the West. <laughs> so I need to throw that out as a disclaimer because I've seen those linked as two teams that could are, are very similar in terms of talent level and roster construction, who could do some damage. But I do not feel nearly as good about the Heat as I do the Thunder. Um, but you, you mentioned that, Jacob, like the Giannis stoppers. Everybody talks about uh, Bam Adebayo, and obviously I love Bam so much. I think he's going to be incredible, um, and maybe he is one of those guys, but you just I, – I can't rely on just Jimmy Butler alone and Tyler Hero and, you know, yeah. Goran Dragic. I, I just – yeah, that's that's hey, my overrated team. Let's shift to the Western Conference because we've all mentioned – Eastern Conference teams, except for the Kings. I mentioned the Kings. Who are some overrated and underrated Western Conference teams heading into the bubble? Kamiar mentioned New Orleans as a possible uh, underrated team. Kamiar, man, they're good. Like the second half of the team, especially when everybody was healthy, the way they play, they like they're they they just push the pace the entire game. And when they're all together, they play tough defense. And I just I just want to see them run. It's I, a good mixture I'm of gonna, vets and young guys too. I'm gonna Kamiar, go to flip. Oh, Nick, hold on just a second because I have to ask Kamiar. We've got to get him on record here, okay? The The joke has always been that Zion is the fat Julius Randle. Okay. With the recent pictures of Zion in the workout facility. Are you standing by that claim? Man, this is this is 2020. You can doctor any image. <laughs> you can doctor any. Fake news. Fake I mean, news. You had Alex Caruso looking like he squatted 900 pounds, and you thought it was real, didn't you? I, I, I love that picture of Alex Caruso where it looks like he wears a size D bra. You thought it was he got real, drug but it was fake. So that is fake news. What if what if Zion does come back and he's like cut 20 pounds? Then I'll say, congratulations. You have another 20 to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. That was a, a good side note because I was wondering that if he would give up the throne of fat. Uh, no, Randall. I won't. Um, I, I think the Pelicans are overrated for two reasons. First reason is because there's so much hype around them, it's impossible not to be overrated. And the way that they're getting all this love, you would think they were a number one seed in the West. Um, but the second and more you know statistical reason I think they're overrated, it's not a talent thing. I just think they're so young... Zion didn't come back that long ago when it comes to like number of games played. Obviously, it was like six months ago now. But like in terms of experience with Zion on the floor, it's going to be really hard. So combining that with the fact that you haven't played in four months, anybody, I think it's going to be really hard for New Orleans to 
um, get hot. I think if we played a full NBA season from July 30th to, to the end of the regular season, they might be a team that could sneak in, but eight games isn't enough for a team like that in my eye. I just think of what the possibilities are, I mean, and who's most likely to be successful, whether it's the old heads like Chris Paul, uh, King James, and uh, whoever else is in the league that's been around for a minute, um, you know, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, whatever. And, like, look at those guys who've had previous injuries, like knee injuries or serious things, or, you know, they're just getting older. And I look at, you know, I look at teams like New Orleans, and I look at teams like Miami, where they are young and super duper in shape, and they are they can just pick up a basketball and go, uh, and that those things won't affect them as much. So I think I think it's pretty intriguing. I think I think kind of like the Thunder team back in the year where they had the lockout, um, yeah, and it ended sure, early yeah. where they said, you know, this team's going to be the one that this this under team they're young they can actually play back to back to backs and they did and it was a really good season for them and, and it was a really good learning process as well and as we know there's going to be games like every other day right yep yep so it could be interesting i i, I mean i don't disagree with you i just i'm, I'm just throwing i'm spitballing some things but uh yeah it's going to be interesting to see how these guys especially the older heads and the younger guys really react to all of a sudden you're back in the bubble you're playing games and it's every every other day 11 a.m 2 p.m 5 p.m whatever it is uh and yeah yeah there's certainly a, a piece of a piece of it when it comes to like individual guys like you have these young guys that are going to come back and be just fine but but from what i've noticed from what guys have you know mentioned in not just the thunder but media availability across the league there's a there's a widespread like theme of whatever team picks up the small things first and everyone mentions timing so i think even if you've got a quote-unquote younger team and all these young guys that can come back it really comes down to the teams that can get the timing and even if you're a, a Clippers team where PG and Kawhi are going to be playing ISO ball, it's hard to play ISO when everything's not timed right and the floor is yeah. not spaced right. The there's details. so many, there's, yeah, there's so many little details, and that's where I see the Pelicans struggling a lot. So that's why like a, a Chris Paul in Oklahoma City makes so much sense and is so exactly. good for them because right. he's a floor general. And exactly, he, dem- he demands the small things that make up a bigger piece. Where like you said, the younger guys maybe don't have that right now. So spot on. That leads me and, to my overrated team in the West, which is the Houston Rockets. Um, they're a team that just reminds me so much of the Thunder teams of the past three seasons, right? You have the Russell Westbrook and the other that's star. It's called the Russell Westbrook effect, Taylor. And that's exactly, exactly. And that, that's what scares me. I, I've seen so much like, oh, don't sleep on the Rockets. You know, I, they're going to be well-rested. We could see Russ and Harden coming back, and that's our sleeper team in the West. That's our Sixers of the West, for example. I just I don't see it. I don't see the way they're constructed, the way they're coached, the whole small ball scenario. I think they're overrated. So I want to kind of harp back on something that Kamiar said that ties back into what Taylor just said. This idea of young guys versus old guys. Houston is a team of vets. I mean, their youngest guy is like 24. Right. Over mm-hmm. this four-month break, the teams that are going to look different are the teams with the young guys because younger players in the league have more room to grow than the older guys do. Chris Paul, I highly doubt, became a better basketball player over the past four months. Is it possible he's the best point guard of all time? <laughs> yes, but, you know, I mean, like since March, I don't think he's gotten much better. Right, I'm just, but I, I think guys <laughs> like – 
like Shay, guys like Zion, guys Basley. like Jaw, guys like Baisley. Those dudes had room to grow over the past four months, their bodies, their minds, and how they actually play the game. And so for me, it's going to be fascinating to see some of these young guys come back and see if they've gotten better. Yes. And Didn't for somebody me, write about that? I, I think I think I saw something along the lines of with this elongated layoff that right. they're expecting rookies and young heads, like you just mentioned, especially like a Baisley, uh, to actually uh, – participate a lot more than they anticipated going into what the playoffs would originally been well be- yeah, because definitely. like i said and, earlier in i mean the, sh- in the podcast Chase. it's like it, it there's been a longer time from the time that the season went on hiatus compared to when the season will resume in early august that's longer than a normal off season you're gonna yeah, see now, now they- with extra 30 pounds of muscle and steven adams who just got off the farm ready to mess some stuff up oh, God, out cows. i'm thinking so of much. steven adams on the farm in like Thinking about a comparison of him in the Boondock Saints when the brothers <laughs> are like herding sheep and they're doing their own thing, but secretly they're ready to go mess some stuff up. That's Steven that's good, that's with his cows. Stuff. I love yeah. it. Hell yes. So um, I think I legitimately think the Thunder could be an underrated team heading into the bubble. I think if Shea's made a little bit of a jump, if somebody like Baisley has made a little bit of a jump, if Ferguson's got his shit straight, like. You already know what you're getting out of Steve. You know what you're getting out of Chris and Dennis and Gallo. That could be a bit of a scary yeah. team. Muscled Agreed. up Dennis Schroeder. God, sign me up. That dude's got. A I want to know back. his. I need to know his workout plan. He got. He's got ten muscles from basically where his wiener should be all the way to his neck. <laughs> I it's bet impressive. his wiener's just a muscle, dude. Well, I, I don't want to talk about this. Speak, <laughs> I don't, speaking about being um, all muscly. We're going to close the podcast talking about Joey Chestnut. <laughs> That's a muscle. An artist. That's elite at his craft. An Joey Chestnut athlete. and and the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest on the 4th of July. Set a world disgusting. record. 75 dogs in 10 minutes, boys. That's, That's 7.5 dogs per minute. That's less than a dog per 10 seconds. <laughs> I think Pornhub should sponsor the Hot Dog Eating Contest. <laughs> So my question for you uh, to sandwich. leave us out of the podcast. If you entered a food eating competition, what food do you think you would be able to eat a lot of? I'm probably not doing hot dogs. I don't want to do a hot dog no eating contest. Kidding. So is it, we're talking about a contest where you're eating it that fast? Yeah, you, yeah, a contest where you're trying to eat a ton of food in a small amount of time. Which food would you choose? Which food do you think oh, you could eat a lot man. of and you would enjoy doing it? I thought about this um, as soon as you wrote it. I've got two. And okay. One of them is really lame, like grapes. I freaking love grapes. <laughs> That's and they aren't feel that that like yeah, that feeling. Not filling, but That's the other one, this water. one is a this if one. If you ate grapes in an eating contest, though, I don't think you're chewing, right? I don't know. You you could. You might choke. But this next one is like one. This chew. next one is can be addicting. Like you don't. You just want to get another plateful, and that's what makes me think I could probably eat a lot of these pizza rolls. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. That is a good one. You'd burn Easy the shit out of your mouth. <laughs> the roof of your mouth would be all You gotta scarred. eat them right as they come oh, out the microwave. That's the worst part. It's like you eat the first one, it's too hot, and then you like your mouth's just done yeah. pouring. And then the, the second one is hours. still frozen solid in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got I got some advice because I I tried I experimented. I asked uh, my I asked my Google home thing, I was like, Hey, how long do I have to put these hot pockets in the air fryer for? And they told me a specific time and temperature, so I was like, Oh man. It's really good. And then somebody on Twitter said, 
hey, you should try pizza rolls. I was like, oh my god, they're like tiny hot pockets. Game changer. So I think I think I could do the pizza roll one. Yeah. So all right, who else? What are you doing, Taylor? I was thinking, um, like when you said this, obviously my first thought went to my favorite foods. I like steak. I like hamburgers. Red meat. I'm a red meat guy. But that is so filling, like Comer was saying. So I thought back to like one of my snacks. I don't have often, but when I do, I can eat like the whole thing. Goldfish. If I get like one of those tubs of goldfish, I can finish that thing. And like I'll start watching a TV show one night, and like next thing I know, right before bed, I've eaten the whole stinking gallon of them. (laughs) Who ate my goldfish? I can eat the shit ton of goldfish. Is there You're going to have to have flavor? a lot of water next to you. Oh, like yeah. Pe- yeah. Pizza Your mouth's going to be so dry. But uh, You guys had the dessert goldfish? No. Dessert goldfish? Oh, goldfish. dude, they're so good. They're the good. cookies and cream ones are insane. I didn't even know it was a thing. Taylor, do you like the original goldfish or do you like the pizza-flavored ones? Honestly, all the above. Uh, I, my I, my go-to is just the original, but yeah. I like the pizza. I like the flavor blasted with like the extra mm. cheese, kind of like mm-hmm. the Doritos. Oh, yeah. They mm-hmm. have some texture on them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, Nick, I can eat, eat a lot of those. This is a super filling food, and it sounds horrible to stuff myself with this. Sushi. This I'm going to guess it's sushi. Spot on. If I, I know can, him. If I can sit down at a regular restaurant and eat, like, 32 pieces in 10 minutes, like, like enjoying <laughs> I <knew> it, <laughs> then I could do 100 oh, if I was shoving it down. <laughs> I, I have a really bad – like, my sushi experience has not been good. I was – it was I was at work and it, we had to be back at the we had to go to a football game uh, right after so we had a break in between work and then going to a football game and somebody said hey let's go get sushi sushi is the first time I ever I ever did I've ever had it and so I was looking at the menu I saw oh that looks cool and has eel on it nice and yes. it tasted it, no it tasted great right but like it was the first or second football game of the year and it was still like. It was still really hot from September. It was like it was like ninety degrees. So like I've got this sushi in my stomach, and we're walking to the stadium, and it's like ninety degree weather's like pounding up on me. I was like, this is not a good situation. So like the that sushi, gross. the sushi was great, it, but like man, like the, the after experience effects of was me, not good. Yeah, I, it made me. I've I haven't had actual sushi uh, sushi since. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. I think if I had to do a speed eating contest. I, I've been trying to think of something, and I keep coming back to this one. I'm gonna do Swiss rolls, like are, the little dessert cake Swiss oh, rolls. There's a lot of dessert cakes. What are those? And I, I, the, the little like the, like chocolate they, they've rolls. Got the, yeah, they're chocolate, and they got like the vanilla cream swirl in the middle. That's a good one. Oh, those are easy. Are, is, it, is it like the chocolate used like as like a rolled up blanket almost? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes, I think I could eat a lot of those because they're soft. You don't have to do a lot of chewing. You can just kind of squeeze them and shove them down. <laughs> That's, yeah, I don't like now that. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I, I'd feel pretty good, and I really enjoy Swiss rolls there. What about Twinkies? Tasty. You can Sim- also do Twinkies. I'm not a big Twinkie guy, yeah, though. I don't like Twinkies. Me though. either. I, I mean, I was going to say tw- it grosses me out that Twinkies like never expire, but I'm sure Swiss rolls are the exact same. <laughs> grapes, though, man. You could, you could pop some grapes. Healthy. You could pop some Healthy. grapes. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for checking out The Uncontested. We appreciate you so much. If this is your first time listening, we hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way you can get our new episodes right when they drop live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. Also, make sure to check out betonline.ag. Play some bets with NBA coming back. Also, go to boomtownhoops.com. 
Get caught up on all things Thunder and NBA and join the Discord channel where we're in there chatting every day, having a great time. So make sure you get on all of that. Episode 5 of Under the Bubble comes out this Wednesday where we are going to break down three Western Conference teams heading to Orlando. They have been phenomenal so far, so make sure you tune in. And if you haven't listened to previous episodes, we'd highly encourage you to do so. You guys have a great beginning of your week. Stay safe. Please wear your mask when you're outside. We will talk to you soon. And as always, thunder up. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair, each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. I definitely mispronounced Rapine. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.